peace be with you in Jesus' name. We celebrate our reconciling God as we hear Jesus tell us one of his best-known stories, the story of the prodigal son. We might feel like any one of the characters in his story, and we hear the promise that God is reconciling all things to himself. In this, we hope and rejoice and we worship. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Psalm 51. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love. According to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash away my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me against you. You only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight, so that you may be proved right when you speak and justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. And surely you desire truth in the inner parts. You teach me wisdom in the inmost place. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Jesus tells us a story that is meant to make us think of our sin. Like the younger son, we are sinners who have wandered from our Heavenly Father. Like the older son, we too have considered ourselves to be righteous on our own and in no need of repentance. Our Father in Heaven waits for our return that He may forgive us. Together, as sons and daughters of the Lord, let us take refuge in the infinite mercy of God, our Heavenly Father, seeking His grace for the sake of Christ and saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Almighty God, have mercy upon us, forgive us our sins, and lead us to everlasting life. Amen. Paul says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Upon this, your confession, I announce the grace of God to you. And by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all of your sin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, your Son, Jesus Christ, who knew no sin, was made sin for us, so that in him we might become a new creation. Grant that through our Savior we might be reconciled to you and to one another. Reconcile the world to yourself, good Father, 
through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. We turn to God's sacred and inspired word in this season of Lent. We turn to the prophet Isaiah, chapter 12, beginning at verse 1. In that day you will say, I will praise you, Lord. Although you were angry with me, your anger has turned away, and you have comforted me. And surely God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord, the Lord himself is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. With joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. In that day, you will say, give praise to the Lord. Proclaim his name. Make known among the nations what he has done and proclaim that his name is exalted. Sing to the Lord, for he has done glorious things. And let this be known to all the world. Shout aloud and sing for joy, people of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel among you. This is the word of the Lord, and thanks be to God. Our epistle lesson is from Paul's second letter to the Corinthians, chapter 5, beginning at verse 16. So, from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. This is the word of the Lord. And thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel is according to St. Luke, the 15th chapter, beginning at verse 1. Glory to you, O Lord. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus, but the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So 
and he divided his property between them. And not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare, and here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. And meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Oh, your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him? My son, the father said, you are always with me, and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad, because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Paul, the Apostle, might have offended a lot of people when he was a young man running around trying to stamp out Christianity wherever it was sprouting up. I imagine that later, when his life had dramatically changed, Paul had a lot of apologizing to do, saying, I'm so sorry, and saying, can you forgive me? Paul had to rebuild relationships. He felt God rebuilding something inside of him. And so a word came to Paul that he started using and hearing and sharing. Be reconciled to God, he said. Be reconciled to each other. Now, Paul believed with all his heart that God was reconciling the world to himself in his son, Jesus' sacrifice for us. Paul had been a proud and powerful man, but now, reconciled to God, he was humble enough to say, I'm sorry, forgive me. Well, before that, Jesus had been traveling around small villages, teaching about all sorts of things. And Jesus had spoken of how hard it is at times to be reconciled. So often when Jesus talks about something really hard, he tells us a story. This story has three characters. Jesus begins, there was a man who had two sons. The younger son makes an extraordinary request of his father. I imagine one night were they all sitting around at the dinner table having a meal together and the young son is feeling like he just could not hear yet another word from his brother and father about this field or that crop or this chore that needs to be done. No more, he thought, I can do better than this. I imagine that the father of these two sons had thought this day might come. He knew his boys. He loved the fire and imagination in his younger son. Maybe he thought, okay, the boy deserves his chance to make his own way. So, in response to this extraordinary request, the father divides his property between his sons. Now, in this story, Jesus is asking us to imagine a father who has a lavish, sacrificial, generous love for his children. 
as the father watches his son pack up all his things. He knows what a risk this really is. An emotional risk, a financial risk. As his son sets out for a distant land, the father surely has some fears. But he wished his son well. Hoping, hoping the best for him, this loving father stood in the door watching his son walk away until he could see him no more. Then his prayers began, I'm sure. So, striding confidently down the road, here is this young man, and in his pocket there is more money, and there are more options than he has ever known before in his life. I think Jesus wants each of us to feel ourselves in this moment when someone else's generosity, perhaps, or the confidence someone bestows upon us gives us an opportunity to be selfish and reckless or prudent and responsible. All the prayers and hopes of his father cannot prevent this young man from making some foolish choices in haste. Jesus stirs the imagination by describing the young man squandering his wealth in wild living. Jesus reveals his keen insight into human nature by so simply giving us a character we can all identify with, the temptation to live for the moment, to not think about the future. But at the same time, Jesus describes this boy, and we so clearly see how the young man is now pointed for the edge of the cliff. And surely, when his loving father back at home hears that now a severe famine has suddenly overtaken the whole country, oh, the father knows out there somewhere his son is probably now in trouble. How quickly the best dreams can be derailed by reality. Is Jesus thinking of the many times in history that famine and drought, world events, turn people back to God in prayer? There are moments, moments when our prayers get bigger, when our prayers get more real when our hope is greater, that God can reconcile things. With a hungry belly, this young man begins to think of his father at home. Even now, broken by his shame and guilt, feeding pigs, the son can imagine his father somehow 
Somehow could the father welcome him back? As he made his way home, he was rehearsing the plea he would make to his father. When you and I pray for our God to reconcile things, we might struggle as this young man does on his journey home. In prayer, we are asking, how could you, Heavenly Father, make things all come back together? How can you reconcile things? Jesus wants us to see the Father is just waiting. The Father is watching and waiting at the door for his Son to return. This Father wants to reconcile everything. When he sees the Son coming, he's filled with compassion for him. Seeing that the young man is broken and exhausted, he runs to him throws his arms around him and kissed him. Quick, he says to his servants, bring the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his fingers, sandals on his feet, bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. This is royal treatment. Jesus wants us to see this man who had been desperately feeding pigs, and now he stands there decorated and adorned like a prince. Our God is reconciling the world to himself. And each of us is becoming a new creation, transformed like this young man, what do you think that new creation should look like? What does reconciling look like in the eyes of God? What we hope for and what we expect reveals just how big or how small we imagine God's reconciling power to be. We carry ideas around about what we think is right and fair. And we are challenged as we believe in God reconciling the world to believe that in reconciling all things to himself, our Heavenly Father gets to choose. He gets to decide what is right, what is fair, and what is good. What will he forgive? What wrongs will he repair? In Jesus' story, the other son, the sensible one, the one who stayed at home, he's been out in the field all day working. He's just put in another long, hard day. And when he draws near to the house, he hears that there's a party going on and there's music and dancing? And this is all for his little brother? He is angry. And the father is willing to celebrate. 
that his wayward son has returned and the older son has ideas about who deserves what here and they're not the same ideas as his father. So the gracious father goes outside to talk with his son. And this son now needs a different kind of reconciliation. God sees this in each of us. Our Heavenly Father knows what each of us needs before we can join the party. The party's going on inside the house. His son doesn't want to come in. Kind of like the Apostle Paul. He had to be knocked off his horse, visited directly by Jesus himself before Paul could be reconciled to God, before he could be made into a new creation. What do we need to join the party of reconciliation? Well, Jesus told this story. This story about a father who has two sons. He told this story to some people who just could not see who Jesus is. They said, this man, Jesus, welcomes sinners and he eats with them. Oh, well, there was a time when the Apostle Paul would have easily agreed with that statement and said, no, that's wrong. Jesus shouldn't be welcoming sinners and eating with them. But now, here is Paul celebrating more than anyone. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation, Paul writes. The old is gone, the new has come. Paul is, has walked right into the middle of the party. And he knows why there is music and dancing. God is reconciling the world to himself in Christ. Now, now Paul has another new word. He describes himself, he says, now he feels like an ambassador, like a diplomat. Paul feels like he can be a reconciler because of what Jesus has given him. Paul wants to celebrate this with everyone, this open invitation we have, this invitation to the party. Paul sends it to each of us. You can be reconciled to God. You can invite anyone to be reconciled to you because of what Christ Jesus has given us. Reconciled. We too can be ambassadors, diplomats, with God's reconciling invitation. In Jesus' story, I think my very favorite line is the one the Father speaks to begin the party. He looks at his servants who are just puzzled, and he says, this son of mine was dead and is alive again. 
he was lost and is found. So let's begin to celebrate. Let me pray for you that you would be so blessed. Good Father in heaven, we thank you, we praise you, we worship you. For you are reconciling the world to yourself in Jesus, your Son. Bless us that we may celebrate your reconciling power and your compassion with everyone. May we be blessed in our hope and our trust and our faith. In Jesus' name, amen. I invite you to share with me the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. We worship God with our offering, and I invite you to send your offering to our church by mail. Thank you. Bless you. Together we pray. Lord God in Christ, you have reconciled us to yourself. We thank you for the forgiveness and restoration made possible through Jesus' death and return to life. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord of love, since we are reconciled to you, help us to be reconciled with others. Where there is sin and injured relationships, bring forgiveness and healing. Since we are forgiven in Christ, move us to forgive those who have sinned against us. Lord, in your mercy, and hear our prayer. Lord, during this season of Lent, grant us repentant hearts. Through your word, help us to seek your grace and mercy. Lord, in your mercy, and hear our prayer. Lord of the nations, grant your wisdom and guidance to the leaders and lands of this world. Help them to govern justly and wisely and always seek peace. Lord, in your mercy, 
and hear our prayer. Lord Almighty, watch over and protect those who serve and protect us. Bless caregivers of all sorts. Lord, in your mercy, and hear our prayer. Lord of life, grant your peace to those who need your care. If it please you, lay your healing hand upon them. Grant them restoration. Assure them of your mercy and give them patience and peace. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And Father, we ask your blessing for those we name before you in our hearts. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy, O Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Father, we thank you that Jesus has taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. O give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, and his steadfast love endures forever. Since you are in Christ, you are a new creation. Thanks be to God. O Lord, fill us with new strength, that we may glorify you. Give us joy in your care and wisdom in your direction. Send us forth this day with your blessing and bless us with your peace. For Jesus' sake, amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. to this audio service of Bethlehem Lutheran Church, Glen Lake, Minnesota. This podcast features Reverend James Disney with music by Sue Bloom, produced and edited by Amy Munson. If you enjoy listening, we encourage you to visit our website at www.blcmtka.org to learn more about our church 
and to support this podcast. Blessings upon your week.